Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. The, the, the truth is, we always, and if this is the only message that we ever preached, every Sunday we talked about this service, it would be necessary because every Sunday there are always substitutes that are vying for our attention, our heart, our mind. And we constantly have to be reminded not to um, move and take a substitute. God wants to come in and radically change our life. And if we're not careful, we will date as, the metaphor, as a metaphor. We will date other things that are in competition to the Lord. I want you to know right off the bat that God loves you. And you know, it's very hard to speak because some of you may come in today, you may, have, it's been, may have been a long time since you were in church. And you know what? You're just kind of giving God this one more opportunity. Maybe something's been going on in your life and you're like, you know what? I, I, I just feel like as a family, as a single, we just need to connect with God. And I want to tell you that you're in a safe place. But for the ones of us that maybe you've been in church for a while, can I tell you that it's very, very difficult to talk up to some talk to a group of people who um, know and have been churched. The worst thing that we could ever do is be churched. I'm not talking about be transformed. I'm talking about to be church because what you do is you get churchy and you don't even know it. You get church. How you do, brother? Oh, brother. You. We have these church isms that we don't ever say anywhere else like when I go to work I don't hey brother how hey hey brother Xerox guy how are you I mean it's just weird it's just because we're the family of God and we're saints and we have this churchy language and so if we're not careful we think we get it but come on if you've been a parent you realize every Saturday morning our family we, we clean the house and it's amazing how every Saturday we say the same Hey, it was time to clean your room. And, it, and like every Saturday, it's like, wow, what? It's like, it's like they, they've never heard this before. It's, it's, or, or they're like, Dad, we already know what you're going to say. And I'm like, I know. And yet there's stuff right here. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's like you know that nice closet, and there's nothing in it, and, and there are those hangers, and there's nothing on them. But 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 that jacket is is right there. And when I bought it for you, that's where I intended it to go. And 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 and, and here's the thing: kids are like, we already know. Every, we we know what you're saying, and we're like, yes, but you don't know to to do it. And here's the thing, we, we can see that in our kids, but sometimes we can't see that even in our own lives. Like there are things that God wants us to do, and because we know it and we heard it, and Jesus loves us, okay, good, we got that next. But, 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 but some of us are still battling with insecurity, and, and in the same breath, we, we, we act like we know He loves us, but we're insecure. And I, and I would just... Let's just pull back a little bit and, and let's see what's on the floor. 
of our hearts and our minds and our lives. And let's just give a little of attention. And, and here's the deal. Let's act like today we don't know anything about God. And, and let's come at it from a fresh perspective of here's what God would want for us. See, the fact of the matter is God loves you. And he is prepared not just good for you, but best for you. Just think about Adam and Eve, the, the first family in Genesis. It tells the story of how they were placed in, in the Garden of Eden and they were given everything to thrive. But yet, they found a substitute. They found a substitute. And, and it wasn't that uh, uh, they were just you know, evil, malicious. But the fact of the matter is, they actually thought that even though this is all that God has given us, and this is all available to us, what if I just want to do it a little different? What if I just want to do it my own way? What if, I just, what, if that, what if this over here is more appealing, come on somebody, than all that you've provided God? And the reason that it was a big deal, because we are very much in a culture of opinions matter only. And we all have opinions and backgrounds and where we've come from. And you know what I'm saying? And we're all like activists in some area of our life. But if we're not careful, here's what will happen. Is that we will take up a culture thought and miss a God thought and grab a substitute rather than eat what God really intended for us and transform and grow our whole life. See, that's what Adam and Eve did. And, and so the fact of the matter is, while there are a lot of options, God has a way for you to be blessed, for you to thrive, for you to grow, and to try to manage life, career, family, all of that different than the way you set it up is only going to set you up for heartbreak. It's only going to set you up for heartbreak. See, there are substitutes in life, and the enemy was trying to offer Adam and Eve a substitute. You see, when Adam and Eve were told that, you know what, it doesn't matter what you eat, it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter, it was a lie. The one thing I know about the enemy is that he will always give you half a truth. He will always show you half the picture, but he'll never show you the whole picture. Come on, he'll show you the fun of compromise, but he won't show you the consequences. He'll show you the wrongs in other people, but he'll never show you the prison of bondage that you're walking into. Come on, is this right? He'll show you, man, look at those people, or look at those people. And, man, they don't have it. And, they're, and it's easy for us, for the enemy to give us a substitute. And all of a sudden, we're looking at all the negatives and all the wrongs in other people. But he will never show you the prison of bondage you're walking into. He'll show you money. But he'll never show you the pride you have to deal with once you get it. He'll show you power. But he'll never tell you about the insecurity that you'll face when you think about losing it. See, the reality is there are a lot of good things in the world that are awesome. And God wants us to have good things. I'm not saying don't have good things. But I'm saying if you're not careful, God wants us to be the possessor of those things. But not for those things to possess us. Does that make sense? It's so important for us to... to to never substitute God's best for something of lesser value. And we all see it all the time. Substitutes come in. I, I remember when I got married. I got married at, at 27, so I had been on my own for a little while. And come on, I, I knew about the microwave. I was good at the microwave. Give me about three, four minutes. 
You know what I'm saying? And it may be a little frozen in the middle, but I can get down with it. I, mean, I, can, I, can, I can work around the edges. Come on, you know, microwave, any, any microwave family, don't raise your hand. But microwavable people understand what I'm talking about. But here's the deal. I soon had a flood of revelation come as, as I was married. And the first month, I would smell these smells. And it was like... The microwave don't smell that way. And all of a sudden, my wife was in the kitchen, and she was cooking, and she was sautéing things. And I was like, we don't sauté in the microwave. And, then all, and all of a sudden, these, this aroma was coming from the kitchen. And I was like, oh, my Lord. You know, what is that? And she was like introducing me to things like oregano and, and, and this, different leaves that I could not even pronounce. And I was like, oh, oh, hungry helper. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know what could come about. But what, what, what I'm trying to say is, is God has something so fresh and so awesome for you that if we're not careful, we'll miss it for a substitute when there's a meal being prepared that can change your whole life. Can change your whole life. Church, I didn't know. For years, I had eaten, but I had not tasted. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? For I was full and not fed. Listen, it's amazing how just a little bit of love, a little bit of ingredients, a little bit of time, and all of a sudden, something that I used to microwave tastes something so it's like a mouthful of happiness. You know it's like an explosion of gratitude in your mouth. It's like, oh my goodness. See, I had been saved. God, through my wife, had set my plate on a firm found table. <laughs> See, what I, come, what I had come to realize is that I did not know that I was satisfied with something less. I was satisfied with something less, something quick, something that I could just ma maintain and do myself. And, and here's the question that I pose to you today. What if God wants to cook something so fresh and so different in your life that it will change your life. It'll change how you see life. See, when my wife began to say these words, come, it's ready, you understand the expectation was different. See, I was happy to eat a, a, a frozen meal, but one I knew that, come on, fried chicken, <laughs> biscuits homemade, Gravy, come on, some of y'all's cholesterol is going up right now. You know what I'm saying? You know, when I knew that some love was in the kitchen, it changed how quick I came to the table. My assignment today is come, it's ready. Come, it's ready. And I want to look at a story that Jesus begins to teach us about a master, a table, and preparing something for our lives. Luke chapter 14, verse 16. If you can turn there. Luke chapter 14. Um, and we're going to start at verse 16. And it says this. And he said to them, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. He sent his servant at supper time to say that to those who were invited, Come, for all things are ready now. Come, it's ready. Everybody say, Come, it's ready. But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. First, 
said to him, I have bought a place of ground, and I must go see it, and I ask you to excuse me. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. I ask you to excuse me. And still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. (laughs) So that servant came and reported these things to his master. And then the master of the house became angry and said to the servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes in the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it has been done as you've commanded, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house, come on, may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. I want to spend a little bit of time talking about four characters in this story that I think that we can relate to. Four characters that I think will unpack this story for us. And the first is the master. The master church, we got to see the heart of this certain man who has prepared a feast, not for him, but for others. That there is the story of this master who has gone to great length, spared no expense. See, what I'm telling you is, this was not a table full of ramen noodle. This was not a table of hot pockets, although at some points in my life they've been very, very helpful. (laughs) This was a table filled with the best. Time was spent on this table. He invited many, and he sent his servant out to remind them to come. It's ready. And the master with open arms and an open house and an open table, says, come. What I want you to know today is there's an offer on the table. And the offer is, don't, don't, don't. It's not saying, come based on your background or come based on your race or come based on where you live geographically. The table is open, the banquet is open, and you can just come. There's no attire. You can come. It didn't give conditions on how you come. You just come. Come to the table. Come get fed. Come. Come. Because the doors are open. I love the fact that Jesus, in telling the story, because remember, Jesus was good at stories because people did not really understand God. See, in the Old Testament, they believed potty pays and perversity punishes. In other words, if you did wrong, lightning bolts were coming. God was going to fix you, and God was going to get you, and so Jesus came to reveal another nature about God. Because everybody thought that they had God and knew God, but really Jesus was coming to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. And so he begins talking about a master who sent an invitation so that everyone could come. Come. All who are weary, all who are laid, all who are heavy, come to this table. Come to this table. You know what? It's, there's something special about eating together. When you come and you eat together, there's dignity at the table. Does that make sense? You, generally, you don't eat with people who are your enemies. 
And when you eat, there's a, there's a certain amount of community and conversation that happens at the table. And here's the thing that I love. I love that we have a master that says come rather than should. See, because if we're not careful, we'll live under the heaviness of the law where I should, I should, I should. But God is always an opportunity. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's always an opportunity to be more free. It's always an opportunity to have more healing, blessed. It's always a healing to, to be able to, it's always an opportunity to be able to change where you're at financially, to change your marriage, to produce health in your relationships. God is more of a come rather than a should person. Does that make sense? Here the master says, come. Come who are hurting, broken, insecure, fearful. Come. It, it almost indicates that the master is providing a time and a place and resources to be able to invest into you so that you can have relationship with him. See, that changes the idea of God's presence in our life. He is trying to do all he can to get you to the seat at the table because he knows that when you begin to eat with him and you eat what he fixes, it's going to change, come on, your whole yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> the truth is we all hunger and we all thirst. We, thir we thirst after different things. We think that if I can just get a little bit more money, if I can, if I can just get married, if I can just uh, 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 train my husband, if I can just train my wife, if I, can just, uh, if I can just get these kids out of diapers, if I can, and we're always thirsting for something. But here's the thing. What you need to ask yourself is when you become restless and you begin to thirst, is that God pushing you? to acquire and desire more, because sometimes it is, but sometimes it is the fact that you are looking for something that God wants to fill. That I'm looking for some sort of substitute to be able to come in and fill a void in my life. We all have ways of coping. We all have ways of coping. Some of us, you, I mean, we're, we're just all the same, all of us. We're all people. We all want to cope. And so we, we cope by getting into our phone. We cope by eating. We cope by uh, talking. We cope by uh, uh, moving into a room only by ourselves and having nobody talk to us. We cope by, there's a ways that we cope. But here's the thing is God wants to bring you to the table and begin to feed your life so that you can leave better than you came in. You can leave better than you came in. Here's the deal. The master is letting the household know, come, it's ready. A meal has been prepared. But they rejected the offer. See, this meal was costly. It was expensive. It wasn't cheap. But here's the deal. This is a type and shadow of what God did in Jesus. Jesus paid a price. He destroyed sin. And there is no cost to this meal. But here's the thing. It's got to be valued. We won't take care of anything we don't value. And a lot of people, it's like we really struggle with salvation. Is it a free gift? Is it work? Yes, it's a free gift. But let's say I, I, I like you and we're friends. You know what I'm saying? Every, not every time after service, we're going to chest bump. You know what I'm saying? We're going to give a little what's up. We're going to do that. And I just decide, decide to give you a bass boat. Amen. I'm just going to give you somebody. <laughs> I'm just going to give you a bass boat. 
But here's what, I, here's what you need to know. is while I may give it to you and you didn't do anything to earn it, you didn't do anything. I'm not trying to manipulate you through it. I'm just giving it to you because I love you, and I'm just going to give you this bass boat. Do you understand that the, there is still something required that's unspoken, and it's called responsibility? Just because I give you the boat doesn't mean that you don't have to winterize it. Doesn't mean you don't have to gas it up. Doesn't mean you don't have to put oil in it. Doesn't mean that you don't have to do maintenance so that this gift will run. In all of our lives, we got to be very, very careful that we don't make this a one-stop meal, but that we continually come to the table and eat what God has for us because for the free gift to continue to make an impact on our life, it has to be valued. Yes. It has to be valued. Let's talk about the household, the Jewish people. God's chosen people who would not accept the master's invitation. All of them, it's amazing, all of them were too busy. All of them. And, and here's the thing about it, is they weren't rude. Come on, church people, we, we, we've got morality training. We know how to, <laughs> yes, no, th no, thank you, no, thank you. <laughs> all of them, look at this, they were all polite. Will you please excuse me? In other words... Ha <laughs> ain't coming. You know, I mean, it's amazing. They were all polite, just not accepting. They were all appreciative, but there was no value. They were in their life, come on, they were too busy. We are in this 10 years of, of Marvel movies, saving the world in an hour and 46 minutes. And Every movie, it's like, it's like they change scenery seven times. They're so busy. Oh, man. And we've adopted that. I'm like, we're like, I, every day I've got to wake up and save the day. I've got to do something. I've got to go somewhere. I've got to be something. I've got to do something. And before we know it, we're so busy doing good things that we're never really eating the meals that will change our life. Here's what, here's what, here's what really impacted me is that this, this was not like major sin and stuff. You understand what I'm saying? This was not like, hey, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to sell some crack to some Jerusalem kids. It wasn't anything like that. It was all good things. It was all good things. And so it wasn't like uh, terrible, terrible people who didn't come to the table. Here's what it was. Is that one guy was fo focusing on his future. Well, I bought some ground, and uh, I'm going to build something. And so right now, I can't come to the mill because I'm building something. Can I tell you, be very careful, families. Be, care be very careful, men. Be very careful, women. Be very careful, businessmen, businesswomen. Because Jesus uses the example of someone buying some property and was going to obviously build something. And here's the thing. If your career is first, then get ready get ready get ready because here's the deal is I'm not the, the Bible is not saying don't work hard the Bible is not saying be lazy and the Bible is not saying that God does not want to give you ground God wants to give you ground but here's the deal God never wants that ground to be the reason come on somebody why you skip the meal right. does this make sense the next thing 
that he talks about is oxen. Well, at that time, oxen was a financial investment. That was their money. That's how they made money. You understand what I'm saying? That the oxen were going to help them plow fields and grow crops and and produce and, and, and make money. And here's the deal. I love managing our money. We, we have a, a life group class right now. Let me just tell you, if you're having a hard time in your budget, if you're having a hard time trying to work out, if you've never done a budget, do not be here in church trying to come into this community. L- l- let us, listen, there was a time that Katie and I, I mean, we were, we were broke as a joke. We have no money. You know what I'm saying? No money. And, but I had credit cards, and I grew up, and, and, and my mom, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything negative. She just didn't learn any tools to, to manage money. And so she was doing a lot of things and had a lot of other gifts, so I'm not being negative at all. But she just didn't learn those techniques. And so what happened is you know, my parents got divorced. My mom got a huge, huge settlement from the divorce. Well, in a year it was gone. Living in low-income housing. On WIC and food stamps? Nothing. And we live every Friday. Come on, every Friday we were paid. And every Friday we bought pizza and Coke. And it was gone. Friday about 1 o'clock in the morning. Gone. Done. And see, I didn't know that I had come into a poverty mentality. I didn't know that. And, and, and here's the thing, is, is what happened is that moved into marriage. And so we thought, well, my God, you, you get married, and you, you put everything on credit card. And you know, I know it's 21% interest, but hey, we're Americans. That's what we do, you know? <laughs> but here's what I'm telling you. We should have money. We should have a savings. We should be able to tithe. We should be able to give our first and our best. But here's what I'm saying. Managing your money is great. But here, the mass, Jesus is using this example where, listen, if, if you don't come to the table because you're managing your finances, then you've missed the whole reason why I gave you money. I don't know if you've been here long, but if you look, we had just as many people in the first service. We are going to go to three services. God is going to grow. We are going to expand out of this. Right now, we have one more year in this building. In March of next year, we're going to be looking for a house. We may come to yours. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the, the, the reality is we're growing. And I believe that some of you, God has blessed you, and you're going to be a vital part of, of what God's going to do here. And let me just tell you, people are always looking for investments. The biggest investment you can make is the kingdom, because you ain't taking none of this yes. with you. Yes. This is not a, well, okay, that, whoa, this was a really good sermon until you started talking about my money. <laughs> if you go and meet with a master, and he fills you, then the money is a catalyst to minister. Does that make sense? Yeah. What else does he say? He talks to one, one, one guy was like, listen, I would come, but, you know, I just got married. And, you know, uh, the old ball and chain, you know, she ain't going to let me just go to any meals anymore. I, mean, I don't know. You know I, w- I want to go, but, you know, you know her. Listen, I want to be great parents. But here's the thing. If you're a great parent, on the lake every Sunday but there is not a consistency of the church the church body come on somebody 
then what I'm telling you is maybe the great thing you're building won't end up as great as you think. Come on, your marriage? Your mar- well, we're, you know, this is just a building. And you know what? We got Jesus in our heart. And you know what? I mean, that's, see, that's the one thing I don't like about the institution of a church. You know, <laughs> well, all I can tell you is what Hebrews says. And it says, don't quit meeting together because there's a certain amount of accountability. There's a certain amount of intentionality that we are all hearing the word growing. And you, the husband, the wife, the teenagers, the kids, everybody's learning. Now they may accept it and they may reject it. But the fact is we're all held accountable to, come on somebody. Be careful that you don't miss a meal because of family. I love the things that we do for our kids, but we got to make sure that we don't have a child-centered home and all the things that they want to do aren't, come on, listen, I want to do things for our kids, I want them to have opportunity and I want them to play and I want them to do, and we do basketball and football and we do a lot of stuff, but here's the thing, once I get to the place where I feel like "Mm, we're going to bring this thing in, because we ain't missing no meals, we're not missing no meals, listen, here's the thing. They weren't out robbing banks. They weren't out doing evil things. They were just busy doing life. There's a meal prepared for you. And this supper isn't like anything that you've ever eaten. The third thing is this. The servant. I love the servant. I love the servant because he is the one sent out to go get people. To go get people. Come on, church, this is our assignment as believers. If you know the meal, you need to be talking about the chef, baby. I mean, the the truth is, I mean, anybody know some good food in northwest Arkansas? I mean, there are places that you should go, and there are places that you should not go. I remember I used to have a friend that would um, go into restaurants and he would have to go back into the kitchen and he would, he worked for the health service and, and he would always tell, I would be like, hey, I'm going to eat here. And he'd go, mm. And I know what that um meant. That um meant I would never go there because he knew what the kitchen was like. Here's what I'm saying. The servant, all of us, listen, we, I don't know where we've gotten to even as our culture. And I think it's a little bit because we're, we're a consumer-based culture. And so we demand that, that the products is made easy, right? And so at this day and age, if it's not easy, come on. I don't, I don't want to text. That's so like three years ago. I want to talk to my phone and I want it to text for me. Duh. I don't want to turn my head and run and, and, and use my own eyes to, you know, not run over someone. I want a camera that I don't have to turn my head at all and that will beep if anybody is behind me. Come on. I mean, we're Americans. Listen, I don't want to wait 10 minutes for a meal. If you can't do a gourmet meal in seven minutes, <laughs> you're closing. Everything in our life is built toward customer service. But here's the deal. The church isn't. And so if we're not careful, we'll come with the mentality of customer service, but we'll never really grow because here's the thing. Even though we know easy might not always produce, we crave it. 
Does that make sense? For character to grow, you're going to have to work. For character to, for to be transformed, there's going to have to be, come on, this transformational process. And guess what? You may not get to just download an app and all of a sudden... It may take a little bit of time. And here's the deal. We don't ever need to have a church or a pastor ask you to invite people to church. Like... Come on. I think that is probably one of the most insulting things that we can do in the body of Christ. Because if you tasted the meal, come on. You realize that the club ain't going to do it. The Rotary Club is not going to do it. Nothing's going to do it. What's going to take the ache? What's going to take the feeling of abandonment? What's going to take the bitterness and the brokenness and the hurt and the pain? What's going to take that away? There's nothing external out there except for you need to come in, meet the master, get the meal, and let him fill you and move that emptiness out of your life and allow your whole life to be transformed. And it is my hope that this is a place that you could be proud to invite somebody. Where you feel like people are going to be encouraged and not belittled, but challenged. And so let me just tell you, if if you haven't been here long, here's the kind of church that we are. We're going to be coaches, not critics. Critics will tell you what you're bad at with no hope of growth. But coaches will say, shoot that shot again. Well, that really hurts my feelings. I tried to shoot it. I wanted to shoot it. Well, shoot that shot again. Let's shoot that again. Let's shoot that again. Oh, you don't accept. See, our culture use, looks at correction as rejection. Yes. And so, and so coaches, come on. A coach will make someone run 12 miles and sit on the bench. <laughs> Personal story. You know what I'm saying? I'm just... <laughs> A coach has a way of pulling out opportunity and and the best. And that's what we want. When you enter a life group, when you come to church, I want you to be encouraged. But I also want you to be challenged. And I want you to hear the coach, the Holy Spirit say, it's game time, baby. Let's pump them up. Let's tie them up. Let's lace them up. Let's go. Because your character, it can be a little bit better. Your responses can be a little bit more life-giving. The way you treat your wife the way you treat your husband, the way we handle our kids, the way we handle business, come on, the taxes that you're dealing with, come on, it's very easy to kind of, well, you know, uh, let's just say I have five extra kids. You know, man, it's very easy. (laughs) Listen. We know something about the meal. And here's the deal. This meal is filling. It's fulfilling. It's freedom. It's love. It's peace. It's rest. It's hope. And it's free. It's free. Come on, I remember one time my kids were babies and we had just, we were just on the road. We, we used to travel and we went into Burger King. And I was about to buy everybody Whoppers. And this man comes up and he goes, you look like a nice family. And I was like, got you. But no, and, uh, and, and, and he goes, you know what? I'm going to buy your meal. This is from the king. And I was like, I mean, you cheesy, but I'm going to take it. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, that charbroiled hamburger never tasted so good. We were lagging. <laughs> There's something about free that just I'm going to taste a little bit better. 
Redemption is available for you. And if you're missing the joy and the life and the peace and the focus, you need to come to the table. You need to make a choice to come to the table and sit at the master. Here's what I love about the master. The master, the the servant, the master says, go out and invite. And here's the thing. The servant says, I've already done it. In other words, the servant was so close to the master that the servant already knew what the master's heart was. You don't have to tell me, sir. I've already done it. And there's still room. Come on, we ought to look at some of these chairs and go, there's still room. Since we've been here, 128 people have been saved. There's still room. Well, you know what? I do. I see see us growing. You know, that's really good, Pastor. It's really good. And I just, I I think that, you know what? The reason I like coming is because it's small. I'm going to tell you the truth. And, you know, I just think think that, you know what? As soon as we start getting three crosses up here, it's going to be an issue. Here's what I want to tell you. That's a wrong thought. And it's based out of insecurity. Why? Because God started with two, and now there's seven billion people in the world. I don't know what to t- but, but if God only wanted small, God, I don't know what to tell you about that. But it, it, that opinion is based on personal security and comfort. How, how comfortable can I be? Well, here's the deal. I don't want to go to a dying church. I want to go to a thriving church. And here's what I want to tell you is there is a place for you because the Bible says your gifts will make room for you. And somebody is going to be the next taught teacher. Someone's going to be the next children's director. Someone's going to be the next life group leader. Someone's going to be, someone is going to be, uh, uh, your gifting is, you're not gifted at all that, but you're gifted at finances. I don't know what you're called to do here, but here's what I'm telling you is that we should grow. We should grow. People should get saved, baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. We should grow. That should happen. And we should look around and go, wow, look what God's done. Not, oh, the worship team did it, or the Stephen did it, or the the welcome mat did it. But that God is welcome here. And here's the deal. I know we're going to grow because if we love people and we speak truth, it's going to be different than anything they've heard all week long. Does this make sense? And so, yeah. Growth is terrible if it makes you prideful and egotistical and you start looking down at other people and you devalue people because you think that they're not of the certain table. But James tells us, don't ever give a seat to one person. See, we're not going to be that. I mean, God, I, I was at a pastor's conference this last week and this guy had been in pastor for 30 years. He's like in his upper 60s. And uh, one of the young pastors said, hey, pastor, you've been great and you've done great and You've built something, and you've been able to maintain your humility and your character. How do you end strong? And he immediately said, "Uh, jury's still out. He said, I haven't. He said, every day I'm reminded of the fact that there's a substitute, the fact that there's temptation, and the fact that if I don't watch myself, just like that. See, the other day, the other day is... My son, he was just, we were talking about the internet and surfing the internet. 
And he was like, Dad, how do you stop from, you know, seeing bad things on the internet? And I was like, okay. And so I walked into the, we walked out from our house and we walked into a busy intersection of cars. I mean, they were just, it was five o'clock traffic. Cars were just going crazy. And I said, hey, Trev, walk down the middle. He was like, no, I'm going to be hit. And I was like, exactly. I said, you can walk across and not be hit. But if you walk in the middle, you're going to be hit. Men, can I tell you something? If you browse, you'll find it. The internet's a great gift if you go to it and leave it. But if you browse, you will see eventually you'll run into something that hits you. See, the truth of the matter is God has great things for us, but there's always a substitute. The servant's heart was to fill the house because they knew how transformational the meal was. The last thing is this, those in need. Those in need. And here's the real meaning of the story as the band comes up. It's not about the people who didn't come. It's about the ones who did. It's about the ones who did. Who's coming? Who's making the choice? Who's getting up? Listen, I know you go to work at 7.30 or 6, but, but who's getting up to just spend a little bit more time to get my mind right so that I'm not wearing yesterday's feelings and I'm not wearing how I feel and I'm, and I'm not mad and have a chip on my shoulder because I didn't get the raise I felt like I deserved. Come on. We don't serve Christ because everything goes our way. Those in need. See, here's who came. The ones who were hungry. Man, I don't want to build a church and have people who aren't hungry for God. There are a lot of great things that you can do. But if your relationship with Christ is a mental only, then you will understand but never comprehend. God wants you to come up. Hey, it's open. Freedom is open. We can be done with that addiction. We can be done with that brokenness. We can be done with that anxiety. God can move. God can restore. You know what? The divorce doesn't have to be the last thing that happens in your life. There can be freedom. God can move. God can change your life. If you'll come eat at the table and take in what he says about you and take in what he knows about you and take in and you know what here's the deal I believe there are some of you that are sitting in this room that you know that there's a calling on your life but you know what because of this or because of that or whatever you didn't know what to do with it but I'm telling you the Bible says that our calling never goes away it never goes away transformation happens because we're intentional not because we're observational. And here's what I want to say. We can be in one service and five people get it. I believe there's a teenager today. You're going to get it. There's a man today. I get it. There's a woman today. I get it. I want to be with a master. The worst thing that could ever happen to us is that we see ourselves good enough listen I'm good 
I don't need to go to the master's table. I'm okay. I can meet my own needs. I can eat the fruit I want to eat. I can do what I want to do. That, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about your, your self-identity. I'm talking about the fact that I no longer need. You need. And as we go into this song, I just want to kind of simmer on this moment. I want to kind of take a moment and I want to think about this. Here's the takeaway from the sermon today. I want you to recognize that those who are in need get close to the master. And my whole life, I want to see, I want my kids to see me strong, consistent, capable, purposeful. But the biggest thing that I want them to see is that their dad needs God. Like I can't do it. I can't manage every thought. I can't manage everything that comes out of my mouth. I can't do all that. But here's what I need God. And I need to eat something. And I need to fill up. Because when I fill up, I'm better, baby. I'm better. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? When you fill up, you're better. What's the priority? Where's your heart? Here's the bigger thing. What's the substitute? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.